What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Rewired Soul Podcast. It's your host, Chris. And today we have a returning guest, and it is Will store so some of you heard the previous episode with will talking about his brand new amazing book that i loved so much and i'm actually about to reread it again that's how good it was but his brand new book it's called the status game and yeah there's been a huge gap between when they released it in the uk and the united states i think in the united states it's still not coming out until this summer but i'll keep you posted but yeah go check out that episode but will is back to discuss his previous book selfie and yeah it's kind of a funny story like will is just an amazing 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 writer and it took me forever to finally like listen to people i was like all right i'll check and see what this will store guys writing's all about and i grabbed his book selfie and absolutely loved it and i was like hey you want to come on the podcast and he told me about his new book status game so i was like hey now that you're done promoting the status game you want to come back on and talk about selfie so yeah in this uh episode we talk about his book uh selfie and it's it's a lot about you know uh the the whole self-esteem movement that uh began like what was it like 90s 2000s uh how social media affects us how we became self-obsessed narcissistic all sorts of other, other things. And it's interesting, and I was able to talk with him about this uh, because it intertwines with um, his new book, uh, The Status Game, right? And I think we actually talked about that in our previous conversation, but this is a really, really interesting conversation about, uh, you know, just the, the myth of how important self-esteem is and, you know, just the way social media has kind of changed us. And we actually touch on some things that I've been kind of skeptical of when it comes to how uh, you know, social media affects our mental health and all these other things. And yeah, it's interesting hearing Will's opinions on that as well, because a lot of people out there who are like, ah, social media is, you know, killing our children and it's just the worst thing ever. So yeah, it was fun talking with him about that, but we cover a lot of really interesting subjects. So make sure you head down to the description, uh, make sure you're following Will, grab a copy of Selfie if you haven't yet. It's a great book. Will has multiple books and I'm, I'm about to read some more of his books and hopefully have him back on he's such a great writer i love it so yeah uh check out the description down below if you're in the uk make sure you grab a copy of his new book the status game and yeah everybody uh stay posted follow will uh follow me on instagram and twitter and i'll let you know when uh the status game comes out in north america will is obviously gonna let you know as well all right but before we get started um again as i mentioned follow me on instagram and twitter at the rewired soul and real quick, like for all of you uh, who are listening to this a day early, you're in the know. But for everybody who's wondering how you get in on such a sweet, sweet deal, uh, basically, all you got to do, become a paid subscriber over on Substack. It's uh, $5 a month or $50 for the year. And you get all of the regular episodes a day early. All right. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, head down to the description below. Uh, click the link for Substack. It helps support the podcast out a lot. And yeah, I try to hook you guys up if it's early episodes. Uh, I'm working on some other perks and everything like that. But yeah, other than that, um, make sure you leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. That helps out a ton. And yeah, if you've been listening for a while and you want to just leave some feedback, I love that stuff. All right. But anyways, uh, without further ado, here's my conversation with Will Storr about his book, Selfie.
All right. Hello and welcome back, Will. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Chris, how are you doing? I am fantastic. And yeah, so today we're going to be talking about uh, one of your previous books, Selfie. But before we do that, I wanted to ask you too, how has everything been going since we last talked uh, around launch time of the status game? How's it, how's it been received by the public? Yeah, it seems to have been received pretty well. I, I think it's made, um, I think it's been a bit more divisive than previous really? books. Really? Yeah. Is that? I, yeah. I think people don't want to be told that they're motivated <laughs> by status. That's the lesson I've learned. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 yeah, like, um, yeah, so it's, 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 I always find it interesting when you get critical reviews and none of them agree with each other. Like yeah. if you get bad reviews and they all say the same thing, you think, oh, okay, so maybe there's something wrong. You know, maybe that, that was wrong and that was wrong. Or, you know, I should have done a bit more of this and a bit less of that. But this time the negative reviews are all over the place. So somebody yeah. was attacking you because it was said, they said it was um, the reviewer in the New Statesman over here. They said it was a good review. They said it was entertaining and eloquent, but they said it was just all obvious. It was just loads of obvious stuff in it. Really? And then another review said I was making too many radical claims. It can't be both. It can't be both. So yeah. I, I think I, I think it's just annoying people, uh, and they're looking for easy, you know. And I, I think that's the, that's the takeaway is that these that um, especially if you're not used to, you know, the psychology of these kinds of things, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to the psychology of morality and altruism. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're familiar with it, you, you're familiar with it. But if you're not, it's kind of confronting this idea that status yeah. is implicated in kinds of acts. It's, it's really weird. That's something I, I think about a lot. Like, for example, like when I got sober and I had to go through my steps and everything, like for those who don't know, like, like the fourth step, you got to take a real hard look at yourself and it is brutal. But since then, I really enjoy reading books about my own biases and thinking errors and things that I'm doing without even realizing it, like seeking status. So let me ask you, because I think a lot of listeners are getting into these types of books, like how do you read a book that's telling you some stuff about yourself that you might not want to hear? Like, how do you make it through? Like, do you, do you ever notice yourself like fighting with it? Like, no, you're, you're completely wrong about me or anything like that. Well, I think I don't have a problem with that really. I, I, I think, you know, like I was in therapy when I was a teenager. So, I, so, yeah. so you know, I, 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 I'm kind of well used to all this stuff. And I'm also one of these people, I'm very self-critical mm. in my head, you know, so. So, so, so I find it kind of reassuring to discover all this stuff that you think is wrong with me is actually wrong with us as a species. Yeah. So, so, so I don't have that, I don't have that, um, thing. And, you know, and I, and I think probably part of me is quite misanthropic anyway. Yeah. So, so, so uh, but, but if you're, if you're more optimistic, um, about our species and if you fall for that kind of idea that we're not really animals, that we've kind of evolved above yeah. the animals also lots of people believe that most people believe that in, in an instinctive way they, they, then you're going to find that, that 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 stuff kind of tough and i think in previous books i've kind of apologized for it a little bit in tone where it's kind of been mm. you know this is how it might be hard to hear it's been the but but you know dot 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 it's been, it's been the tone whereas this book i kind of just decided to go in too fisted with it <laughs> i just uh, the tone is much more like this is the, this is how it works deal with it and yeah. so so I, I think that i think i think if you if you're not um yeah, I, I think if you're not used to that kind of argument, then, then yeah, it, as I say, it can, it can be confronting. Yeah, so so since we'll be talking about selfie too, I'm curious because selfie, which is all about like, you know, social media and how we're like self-obsessed and how we use the platform and all of that. And a lot of times we're using social media to seek status, which we'll dive into a little bit more in a second. How was How was the response compared to 
the status game because with you know, selfie, you're calling out some certain things that we do, like, you know, the way we post, the way we're taking pictures of ourselves and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that one was accepted a little bit better? And if so, why do you think that is? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's not, it's not this, the status game has had bad reviews. It just hasn't had that many reviews. And, mm. and I, so I, think, I think what happens with, with is the review, reviewers sort of thing. So I don't really know how they make those decisions. But yeah, but, but, but yeah it's, it's not that people have said negative things, particularly about the status game. It's just that, it's just that, that, that so, so when Selfie was published, it was just reviewed everywhere in the UK. There wasn't Got a newspaper, it. I don't think, that did review it. It was just sort of everywhere. And, you know, uh, uh, and, and so, 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 so from that perspective, it was, re- it was received better. But then, you know, the reviews I've had for the state of gaming that still be, you know, mostly good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I think it was received better because people, people were willing to hear a story about why social media, you know, can be bad and why we in the West are, you know, relatively speaking, you know, quite self-obsessed. Um, yeah. so, so, so people are kind of, they, 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 there are people out there that are quite happy to hear that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because because it feels it almost feels outside us. We're looking at other people and saying, "This is what's wrong with 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 with, with the West," you yeah. know. But, but I think the state scale is much more personal. The state yeah. scale is saying, "This is what's, this is what's going on with you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost yeah. I I almost wonder too if it's easier to blame like you know a platform like this is something that's turning me into something else rather than yeah. this kind of like innate kind of like human thing and all that. But you know, I'm curious uh, because you wrote selfie a little while back what what kind of inspired that book and like did you was there anything going on at that particular time that you noticed in the world with social media that you wanted to kind of dive into well yeah it actually started with the book before that so the book before that is called the unpersuadables in the u.s and it's called Mm. the heretics okay and and so that that was about um about people crazy beliefs, irrational beliefs, yeah. and why people end up believing nuts things, even if they're really smart. So it's particularly looking at why clever people believe, believe crazy things. Mm-hmm. So, so you can't blame on stupidity or anything like that. And so, the, so, so, so and when I was doing interviews and sort of publicity for that, I kept being asked the same question over and over and over again, because people were saying, well, I've read this book and it makes it feel like our beliefs are kind of fixed. Once we get a belief in our heads, it, it, it's very hard to shift it. And, and, and mm-hmm. that's not always true. So what makes people change? And I'd never answered that question. I kind of like fluffed it, you know, uh, but, yeah. but, I, but I very quickly started, you know, tried meeting people who had changed. So I met uh, like, um, they, they didn't end up being in selfie, but I ended up interviewing like a 9-11 truther that changed his mind. And um, mm-hmm. somebody that was part of the uh, sort of anti-Monsanto GM food stuff that changed his mind. Um, the, 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 the person that did have in selfie was this gangster who, uh, who um, is it a London gangster that became this Christian. And so, so, so that basically ended up me thinking about how people change and why people change. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then from that, I, I became interested in, in this whole self-esteem thing the, the, because I came upon this story of um, the, the psychologist Roy Baumeister who attacked yeah. this. You know, I, I grew up in the 80s and 90s and, and, and self-esteem was the credo of the time. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere. You know, I, I behaved really badly at school. I was unhappy at home. And, 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 you know, as I said, I was in therapy in my teenage years. And it was always the same theory. Oh, your problem is low self-esteem. You know, mm. if you learn to love yourself a bit more, everything would just get better. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I believed that. I believed that for years. And everybody I know still, you know, believed it. And then I came across this guy, Roy Baumeister, who in the 90s discovered this actually wasn't true. And, um, and, you know, I started reading about how that, that, that idea changed the culture you know it, it changed us as a people um mm-hmm. that, that idea so, so so that's where it began it, it began with that simple question of 
why do we change and what makes us change? Mm. And, and, and the answer that I pursued self is, is it's culture in a big way, culture and economy are, are big drivers of change. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, like I, I, I read a lot of Baumeister stuff and I finally, finally just recently read his book on evil. Right. And something that he argues is that, you know, these, these quote unquote evil people, cause he, he argues that, you know, the myth of pure evil and all that, which I love. And I try to, you know, teach people that. Cause I think that's a big issue with polarization. Like people are like, oh, you're just evil. And it's like, eh, it's yeah. a little bit more nuanced. But anyways, he says that high self-esteem is what leads to this stuff. So is that, is that something that we kind of see like with bad actors on social media? Because I think like, since you've written the book and you're on Twitter, right? I think that's where we connected too. Like you see like people who their entire brand is like being this like polarizing, saying things that are gonna, you know, quote unquote, trigger people. Do you think those people have a low self-esteem or high self-esteem issue? You know what I mean? Well, um, you know, when I was talking to um, Keith Campbell, who is um, one of the kind of world experts in self-esteem, I think it was him that, that, mm -hmm. that said to me uh, that, that there's this kind of myth and the myth was around at the time then. And also I think Baumeister almost talks about it, also talks about this. The, 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 the narcissistic people, what's really going on with them is mm. they've got low self-esteem. They hate themselves. And, you know, that doesn't actually make, make a lot of sense because, okay, if that's true, so what do you call people? There, there are people out there who have unrealistically high self-esteem and pathologically high self-esteem. So if we're not going to call them narcissists, what yeah. are we going to call them? And I think there is a certain kind of narcissist that that, that, that is true of. But, 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 you know, broadly speaking, narcissists just think they're amazing and they think they're entitled to be treated as high status and, and so they, mm -hmm. they they walk around you know playing the status games we all play but they don't that they, 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 they don't understand that that when we treat it as a high status person it's because we've proved that we have value mm -hmm. and they, 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 they miss that they, they just think they're amazing anyway and yeah. they expect to be treated as amazing anyway i mean we all went to school with people like this you know i always yeah. think about school and, and and so you know what one of the sort of the definition of narcissism is is it's is this is this it's this addiction to self-esteem mm. and, and, and you know since i've done the status game work i'd actually say it's an addiction to status i i, I think what what the self-esteem people detected w was our need for status rather mm -hmm. than self-esteem and, 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 it, and it's a different it's a different thing you know self-esteem is how valuable i think i am mm -hmm. and status is how how much value what do other people think um yeah. of me and that's the healthy stuff the, the healthy stuff is proving that you're a value by working hard, by being good and, you know, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Um, Self-esteem is, 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 is not the thing to focus on because that's just, um, that's sort of disconnected from, 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 from the communities to which we belong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, something, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you back on to talk about selfie is because, you know, Long story short, like I am kind of like this social media optimist, right? And it's because I was very isolative, socially anxious, you know, whatever that, a lot of that ended up leading to my drinking and using because I just couldn't interact with people in public. And I didn't start drinking until I was 18. But anyways, like that was like the rise of like AOL, right? And I was able to talk to people. I'm like, nice. And a lot of my friends I met through uh, online forums, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, video games and stuff like that. So when I see this kind of like, you know, just social media is terrible as destroying our youth and everything. I'm like, okay, well, 
calm down. Okay, sure, I turned into a drug addict for a while, but now I'm fine. But anyway, <laughs> um, one of the aspects, and I think you cite Gene Twangy's book uh, or work in this book, and Gene Twangy and Jonathan Haidt, they write a lot, a lot about how social media is like destroying our youth and all this other stuff. But one thing uh, I wanted to talk with you about is this idea of social comparison. Right. So they're always talking about that and how social media kind of exacerbates this. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I think you and I are just a little bit apart in age and we we grew up and we got to see how social media and, you know, this kind of communication like kind of evolved. Right. But long before I ever touched the Internet, I had social comparison issues. I was constantly comparing myself to others. I wrote a piece about this on Substack a while back. I was, uh, you know, I grew up with an alcoholic mom. We didn't have that much money. I was always comparing my life to my friends' lives, what they had, what I didn't have and all that. So I guess my personal theory is that if we deleted social media tomorrow, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, they just boom, switch went and they don't, like we're still going to have that issue, I feel. So I'm curious your thoughts on like, do you think social media is just being used as like, I don't know, almost a scapegoat for something that we're always doing because it's just, it's part of the status game. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I, I, it's a bit of both really. I mean, the first thing to say about that, the, the research that Jonathan Haidt and G20 is doing is it's, you know, it's contested. And, and I'm in this sort of awkward situation because <laughs> academic, I'm not an yeah, academic. Yeah. Academics that I hugely admire are on both sides of the argument there. You know, the, mm -hmm. there are academics over here in the UK that I admire that think it's all rubbish and it's just a moral panic. Um, but I, you know, I think Jordan Heights is a genius. <laughs> like, yeah, for so, sure. so I don't think, you know, like if he, if he's so insistent that this is a real effect, I'm very reluctant to, um, to, you know, like, 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 you know, I, 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 I so, so, so it's, so it's in contention. I think mm -hmm. they're zeroing in on, on, on it being especially harmful to young people, especially harmful to young girls. I would probably add to that, that there's going to be a big five personality, um, thing here. Because what, what I have found in my, you know, you, you think about yourself and, 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 you know, I, I'm quite an introverted person. I, I don't particularly enjoy social situations. And when I was, I, I just use social media now just to promote my, my, my work. Yeah. And when I was using it, as you're supposed to use it, I found it really stressful and difficult. And if somebody sort of challenged me, I'd find, I feel humiliated and like, I didn't, it wasn't good for me. It, it, it wasn't, you know, and that's why I don't use it in that way anymore. And so I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I, and having done my big five, you know, I'm, I'm high in neuroticism. And so, so I, 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 I think that people who are high neuroticism, uh, you know, it may be that the, the, for those kinds of people, it's a net negative, but if you're an extrovert, it's going to be a net positive because you thrive in that kind of environment. Mm -hmm. so, so, so I think, I, I think there's going to be a big five filter added to, to this question of whether social media is harmful to individuals or not. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yes. Yeah, so, 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 so that's, that, that's where I think the, the kind of science is. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, t totally, I, I, you know, I'll write about this in the status game in a different way is in selfie, but this, there's this idea that, um, you know, the big bogeyman of Silicon Valley have, have come up with these evil inventions yeah. that, that have created this behavior and, and in selfie, I write about the selfie camera but, 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 uh, and in, in, in the status game, I write about social media and in both these is, is, is the same story. And that's the, the technologists came up with this thing. They didn't really know what they were going to do with it. Yeah. But we, the people, decide what we're going to do with it. And what the technologists do is they, is they, is they rebuild it and, and you know, chisel away and re refine it and refine it and refine it, wrapping it around our needs and incentives and, and, and our behaviors. Yeah. So, so, so the selfie camera was, 
was launched, you know, was it was initially designed for business meetings. That's what I think. I think Sony made the first one. They called it the front-facing camera. Yeah. Um. And 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 when Apple launched the first iPhone with 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 the selfie camera, again they called it a front-facing camera. And they imagined that it was. They presented it as you're going to speak to your nan. You're going to have a business meeting. Yeah. They didn't. Nobody imagined that we were going to start taking pictures of ourselves and uploading it to the internet because that was crazy. But that's yeah. what we did, and that's what we that's what we largely do with these things. And uh, so that that's what selfie was, you know, really about as well. Uh, this idea that, um, you know, we are already a relatively self obsessed culture in the West. We're individualists. Um, yeah. We're living in a we're living in a highly individualist time. We're living in, under a neoliberal economy, so very high competition, very high levels of perfectionism. So people are very me focused at the moment in this part of the world, um, and increasingly in the East too. In you know, in, in you know, China and, and these mm-hmm. countries are getting more and more capitalistic, more and more individualistic. Um, and it's the same with social media and the status game. It was it was the same story about about the, you know the first social media site as we recognize it today, which is called the Well, and. You know that that was in the 1980s when you were still having to put your phone in those things and it would dial oh, up yeah, yeah. only like in war games one of those and um and um before that website even had 500 contributors to it they were already cancelling people arguing about pronouns you know all the things that we do, we do today and yeah. mobbing up against people it was there in the in, in at the well in 1985 1986 when it was just 500 users large so you, you, you know, I, you can't really blame Zuckerberg and Dorsey and, and, and the usual suspects for creating this behavior. But what I do think is that they encourage it, you know, you know they, 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 yeah. they understand what we want. They, they, they begin to understand what we want and, they've, and they supply it. They're a bit like, a, you know, I spent most of my life working in magazines and newspapers. That's what editors do. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a narrative out there that editors of newspapers and magazines are also you know, mis- creating these narratives that mislead people, but but they uh, but they don't create anything. They they they're just they're, they're listening to what their readers are saying and repeating it back to them desperately. They're yeah. obsessed. A good editor is obsessed with what does the reader want, and it's the same with Silicon Valley technologists. I mean, they come up with thousands of ideas a week, um, but but, uh, but, uh, but the ones that work are the ones that give us what we want already, and that's yeah. what social media does. That's what that's what the selfie camera did. And then they work out what we want and they refine it and refine it and refine it and make it more and more what we want. And that's what Twitter is. Twitter is this, is this game for status. Mm-hmm. So is Instagram. So is, uh, you know, Facebook, uh, there are platforms in which we play status games because that's what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the, one of the recent stories, you know, uh, here in the States, they had that Facebook whistleblower, right? And she like released the Facebook papers and it's really interesting. I'm trying to get, uh, Chris Bale back on here because he runs the Duke Polarization Lab. Like the researchers aren't even getting access to these Facebook papers yet, which is weird. Like news outlets and everything are getting up, but the people who actually study this. But anyways, you know, like the Facebook uh, papers, some stuff that she's uh, the whistleblowers talked about is, you know, how how the platforms are kind of refining this stuff, mainly focusing on Facebook, but it's like what they're all doing. And, you know, um, I think when you wrote this book, you know, kind of about how how we're changing to this or like uh you know exacerbating like this self-obsessed society and everything there wasn't as much awareness but between then and now like last year we had that documentary on netflix uh the social dilemma right tristan harris he's on every podcast from like joe rogan everything like anyways like i'm in the world like when i'm outside of this podcast you know uh you know aside from my youtube channel all these other things like i have a background in this stuff so i know how these algorithms work and everything but as a whole in 2021 we're coming to the end of the year 
do you think that a large majority of people still don't know about how these platforms are designed to manipulate us, hook us, keep us addicted, keep us fighting for status, keep us, you know, like, I'm always like, do people still not know this stuff, you know? Well, I, th I think globally, of course, no, I mean, you know, we're in a little bubble, uh, you know, me and you, mm. you know, we, you know, we're, we're reading articles in the New York Times and watching Netflix documentaries and, and you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, most people in, in the world aren't that interested. They're not that bothered. They just want to get on Facebook or Instagram and, and have mm. a bit of fun. So glo globally, you know, pr probably not. I, I would say most people aren't, aren't that interested in the kind of behind the scenes machinations of these, of these companies. But, 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 I mean, but it's certainly becoming more and more, um, you know, well, no, I think, I think people are getting more and more, uh, you know, aware of, of how all this stuff works. And, and I do think a lot of it is, is, is a bit overstated. I mean, the, the one thing that I've never quite understood is people getting upset about Google and, you know, Google having your data or they've got your data. So yeah. what, what, oh, they knew it. They, they know I bought a cucumber, you know, yeah. so I did, I, I've never understood. Like, um, I've never understood because people get really upset with Google having your data and, and I, I love them having my data because when they've got my data, they, they, they you know, they like on my pixel phone, they, they, they know when my business, they know when I've got a flight and they give me my flight details that, you know, yeah. you know like, like they, it's really good. And they, they, they recommend me new stories. I want them to have my data. And, and yeah. so, so I, that, that's the thing that I think people get, get overly kind of paranoid about. And, and I do think a lot of people are kind of Apple users and, and Apple are very good at, um, because Apple don't rely on, on, on data, do they? Yeah. Yeah, that's Facebook and Google and Facebook and Google are their big rivals, especially Google with the Android operating system. So, 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 so Apple had this quite strategic argument that they, that they always make about all oh, data, you know, we're good with your data and they, and that's, a, I think a bit of a moral panic because, yeah. because I, because I, I just don't think Google cares. I mean, it's, it's so paranoid that people think that Google really cares, I don't know. They're about, well, they've got their secrets and someone's going yeah. to the emails and, yeah. and, and that's just not how it works so that, that that's the stuff that i think is moral panicky that that mm -hmm. all the, our data and also he forgets that we get to use these products for free like it's amazing mm -hmm. that all these google products are free they're free for everybody that's incredible and the price is they they find out i bought a cucumber <laughs> you know yeah. it's like or they find they know where i'm going on holiday i don't care like because we get yeah. to use these amazing products for free, unlike for Apple, who wants to, you know, you have to pay for it. So, 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 so yeah, that, that's where I think the moral panic it, it more lies. I think that, that social media, you know, can be harmful, but I, I think the moral yeah. panic is in this, oh, they've got me data. Yeah. Yeah. No, Precious Will, I, I am so glad you went on that ramp because you are the only other person I've met who thinks the way I do. Like, I think oh, about, good. I think about growing up watching TV and just getting the dumbest commercials that had nothing to do with me, like like feminine hygiene project products and, or like I'm a kid and it's showing me car insurance. I'm like, now that they have my data and they craft, they're like, oh no, they're, they're showing you ads for stuff. I'm like, good, good. Like I, want, I would rather see stuff I might buy than stuff that I have no chance of buying. Yeah. And then, and, and yeah, I think part of that moral panic too is that we, we really don't give any credit to like human agency at all, right? Like I'm really into like psychology and the debates around like free will and stuff like that. But like, I can pause and say like, like I'm, I'm not like just obsessively like, oh, I need to buy this TV, it just told me. And like, for example, on Instagram, 
I, I like was looking at like just something with, uh, I think microphones or whatever, not all is showing me as podcast microphones. And, and the way they kind of create this narrative is that you would think that I have like a room full of like 20 different, like $500 microphones because I can't control myself, <laughs> you know, and, and it's really weird, but yeah. So I, I try to tell people like, you know, think about, you know, the pros versus the cons. There are some, um, like uh, tech philosophers and ethicists who are kind of discussing some of these things. And I get some of the concerns, but I don't know. I'm curious, like, like you, you have kids, right? No, no. Well, any, any kid, what would you say to kids? Like how to teach kids? Like I have a son and I try to teach him about this stuff. Like, do you think that there's anything that the younger generation should know about any of this stuff or like, well, well, I mean, well, I mean, with the data, like I said, I just can't see, I agree with you with the advertising. Like I, I want useful advertising because it's useful in like, you know, when I'm on Instagram, yeah. you know, there are clothing companies that I, that I found, you know, they're like, oh, that's a nice top. I'll go and buy it. You know, yeah. but that's because they've got my data. So you know, if I had kids, I wouldn't be teaching them to, to Myra about their data. Um, but, 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 but certainly with social media, I, I'd be, I'd be kind of very wary, you know, um, uh, yeah, you, you you want to know how they're using social media. You want to know how they're mm -hmm. because the, the, what you were talking before about social comparison, and it's a completely natural because it's the status game. We we compare where we sit versus other people. It's automatic. Mm -hmm. Everybody does it. This it, and what social media does is it gives you this enormous and enormously unequal status game to play. Where you know, especially when you're you're, you're a teenager. I mean, in selfie, I wrote about, and it's just got worse since selfie was published in 2017. Body image. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for generations, women have had to struggle with impossible body ideals. And, and, and one major change that I've lived through is that men are now putting themselves through the same agonies. Mm. It's extraordinary how when I was a teenager, nobody really thought about male bodies apart from if you were, if you were overweight, wasn't, was seen as not good. And, and they, you know, that was a lower status thing. Um, but, but I was a skinny little prat and, you know, nobody cared, but, but, but now with the young people in the UK and certainly in the US, I'm sure their bodies are extraordinary. I mean, they're beautiful, like works of art. Yeah. It's, it's, um, we have this show Love Island here and I'm not joking. The men have better bodies than the women on that show. They're, they're oh, all wearing yeah. their, their women costumes. They, they really do. And I think it's terrible. Like, um, the, the, you know, the, 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 I, I, when I wrote the book, there, there were some statistics on steroid abuse in young people, which were just shocking. I've, I've no doubt they've got worse ever since. And, mm -hmm. and so, so that's, that, that's where I think things like social media are difficult because, because they, they will certainly exacerbate that kind of obsession, that there's, there's kind of perfectionistic mindsets. Yeah. I mean, when I talk about perfectionism in the book, it's mm -hmm. this idea of, where do I have to be in order to class myself as acceptable? And, and, yeah. and, again, and, and you're perfectionistic when it's too high. And, and there's this kind of hugely, I mean, perfectionism rates have been rising enormously since the nineties. It's not all about social media, mm -hmm. um, but, 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 you know, that, and that's where platforms like Instagram, I think can, can be a problem because not only are people sort of parading their perfect bodies and sucking their stomachs in and do, doing that, you know, um, but they're yeah. showing off their breakfast and their gym routine. And it's just, it's just that perfectionism. It's, it's just, um, you know, f feeding it, I, I think in, in a not too healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny. Like, uh, hopefully this isn't a huge spoiler, but I actually have David Robson, uh, coming back on, uh, to talk about yeah. his upcoming book. And, and he talks about, uh, some of this social media stuff and, and they did some research that I hadn't heard about, about people looking at these, like, uh, those like fitspiration accounts and stuff like that and how they 
they're not really inspiring. They're like making you more depressed and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I actually heard, and who knows if Instagram will do it, is that they were going to switch to more chronological order rather than like what's getting the most engagement and all that kind of stuff. But um, it, it, I'm glad you brought up the perfectionism uh, aspect because I was actually uh, prepping for this interview. I reread uh, part of that chapter. And, and yeah, so like, I, I have some of my own strategies, but I'm wondering, like, you know, you said that you kind of dialed back on your social media, you mainly use it for, you know, uh, promoting your books and stuff like that. But what, what do you think, uh, from researching this book and the status game that people can do? Because like, for me, for example, I, I always remember that this is showing me just the, the, the best possible snapshot of a person's life, right? Whether it's, you know, a friend on Facebook and them like showing pictures with their family and they're all happy on vacation or whatever, or somebody's body on, you know, Instagram. Like I remind myself of that to get past this idea of like, I need to be what I'm seeing, right? Or in 12 step programs, I learned like, don't, don't judge my insides by somebody else's outsides, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so how do you, how do you, what are your tips for kind of getting past that perfectionism idea on social media? Well, I mean, I don't think there are any tips beyond sort of use it less because because I, I think this idea that you've got to stop, you know, because you often hear it said, stop comparing yourself to other people just to compare yourself to who yeah. you are today. It's yeah. a lovely sense of it, but it's bullshit because it's impossible. It's not yeah. how human brains work. It's not how human brains have worked for millions of years. So, 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 so it's ridiculous. So you've got to protect yourself um, from that. I mean, in the book, in Selfie, I use this... Um, image of the this sort of metaphor of the, of the lizard and the iceberg, I call it. And it's this idea that, that if you put um, a lizard on an iceberg, it's an unhappy lizard. It's miserable in every way. But yeah. if you take that same lizard to the desert, it's a happy lizard, it's, it's thriving. And, and, that, and that, that's, why, that's why I think, you know, we, we should think about as, as people is it, 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 it's often if we want to be happier, if we want to transform ourselves, Often, you know, this idea that we can just become different people by doing a set, reading a self-help book or going on a, you know, self-actualization course or whatever is nonsense. It's just not true. Mm -hmm. You know, we're damaged, we're flawed, we're partial people. We have a personality profile that, that it changes throughout the course of our life, but we can't, but we, you know, the idea that we can transform, we can, we, we can read a book and and turn out, we we can become an extrovert, we can become Beyonce or, or, you know, or someone like this is an absolute nonsense and it's one of the big myths of our culture this idea that you can be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do you just got to want it badly enough and it's a cruel cruel lie because not only is it just not true um it it, it tells you that if you fail which you're going to do we you know most of life certainly most for most of us it's it's mostly failure yeah um uh, you know it's your fault and it's your fault because you could do it it's you could be beyonce but you obviously just didn't want it enough it's a nasty little toxic lie that that um that that sits right at the heart of our kind of individualistic culture Mm -hmm. and so so so, yeah so, so so you can't transform yourself um, but, but, but if you want to become significantly happy, I think you should be that, you know, be that lizard and, and, and find your desert because often it's, it's about your environment. It's about changing your environment. You know, yeah. if, if, if the people that you're spending your life with are making you miserable and expecting too much of you, change them, you know, be ruthless, cut yeah. them out of your life. If, it, if that's what it takes, if you have the capacity to change your career, if it's not giving you what you want, I mean, mm-hmm. I know that's not possible for lots of, us, especially the older we get, the more difficult that gets, mm-hmm. but consider it. You know, he's living in the city, pissing you off. Move to the, you know, do, yeah. you, know you know, believe it. Move to the country. You're gonna, you know, that's what happened to me and my wife. You know, we moved to the country, which became happier. We moved to Australia and, be, and became enormously happier. You know, living in the life under that 
glorious sun with the beach, you know, yeah. at the weekend, I became noticeably happier, way more happier than any, any therapy has ever made me was, was moving to Australia. So, so, you know, uh, he, he, I think we, we focus too much on changing ourselves and not mm -hmm. enough on changing what's around us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, as you were, you were talking about that and kind of like, you know, changing ourselves and all these other things, like I was thinking like, you know, when I first, uh, when I wanted to start making like online content and promoting my own writing and everything, I started like looking at a bunch of, uh, you know, people uh, like Gary V as well as people like Gary V, like the clones and stuff. And as, as I've continued to like, uh, just read and learn and get really into just like all sorts of books, like I noticed how like, non-scientific i guess it is right where like you said like oh if you didn't achieve this it's because you didn't work like it's completely unfalsifiable i i've watched i've watched them i've watched people like uh you know some of these motivational coaches or self-help gurus or entrepreneur uh uh help people like and they'll they'll hone in and find something and be like aha this is why you didn't succeed like there's some magic formula and if you just if you just did this thing and what's interesting too is i used to think like that that's kind of what got me out of the idea of like everything's purely like meritocracy work hard and you'll achieve it was when i was working with a bunch of addicts and rehab right like when i saw people who did everything we said and then they yeah. relapse right but i'd be like oh you didn't do this one thing or you know whatever and yeah. you know we're much more complex than that and like so going back to the self-esteem movement right and then there's also uh just like the self-help books and everything do you think do you think over the years we've kind of taught people to that like discomfort and failure are these things that just should not exist in our life like i i feel like that that idea is pushed on a lot of people and and we need to get used to like that kind of discomfort or failure and all of that stuff well, failure, yeah. I mean, certainly that was part of this whole self-esteem thing. You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the self-esteem idea was 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 that they noticed some people in California in the in the in the eight seventies and eighties. Well, it all came out of the. It all came out of. Um, it's a much sort of broader story. It all comes out of this this, this great American idea, um, the Carl Rogers idea of the, of the kind of you know the, the wonderful human. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, for, for centuries, you know, for, and longer, the, the, the general idea in, in the West and, and in other parts of the world were that, were that humans were essentially bad and needed to work hard to make themselves good for God. You know, that, that was the Christian idea, original sin. Mm -hmm. And even, in, you know, in, when, when, you know, in the kind of the Freudian revolution of psychology, his, his idea, his core idea was still people are bad because they want to, you know, have sex with their mums or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nuts ideas he had. And we had to work hard through psychotherapy to, to, in order to, you know, work stuff. And then, and then, you know, America, you know, you know when all this wonderful optimism happened and, and, you know, I talk about Carl Rogers, the psychotherapist who, you know, is often described as the second most influential psychotherapist after Freud. I think mm -hmm. that's probably true. Now this idea, as you know, you know, in our hearts, in our, in our core, we're perfect. We're, we're wonderful, amazing people. And what you've got to do is just to dig past all that crap that childhood and society has put on top of you. And, and in there is this amazing, wonderful thing. And, and, and this yeah. became, you know, a hugely popular idea in the U S and, and throughout the West. Um, you know, it, it, it was one of the big ideas that, 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 that sort of drove the kind of hippie movement, um, philosophical ideas in, in the sixties. 
um, you know, people were great and, uh, it, it was, it was all that, you know, the self-actualization movement, um, and, and, you know, uh, and the, the, there's, there's that place Esalen on the West coast of, of America, you know, in just in, um, Big Sur in California where I, and in Selfie, I went to Esalen and did a, mm -hmm. did a, did a quite intense self-actualization course. Yeah. Uh, and then so, so from, from this kind of hippie kind of, kind of the intellectual kind of part of that hippie scene in the, in the sixties and seventies came, came this idea of self-esteem, which was, which, which was, we're all amazing. We're all perfect. If, if we believe that, then we will become perfect and amazing. Mm -hmm. And so it was called a social vaccine and this idea that if you believe, if you started, if you only just start, would, would, would just look, start loving yourself, you would become wealthy, happy, you know, a great parent, a great employer, a great employee, you know, we'd mm -hmm. get rid of homelessness. We'd get rid of teenage pregnancy was a big moral panic at the time. We'd get rid yeah. of teenage pregnancy and, and all this stuff. Um, and it was just nonsense. I mean, you know, they, they, they tried to prove it because they, because they found some, some studies which showed that, um, the, the kids at school who did best in their exams had high self-esteem, mm -hmm. but it was a, just a basic correlation causation problem that it hadn't occurred to them <laughs> that the reason mm -hmm. they had high self-esteem is because they did well in their exams is the exams came first, the hard work came first, and then came the self-esteem. So it wasn't mm -hmm. this social vaccine, but, but, but anyway, it was, it was such a seductive idea that it spread throughout the culture. I mean, this guy, uh, who I, who I write the story of in the book, John Vasconcelos was a California assemblyman who, who, who did probably more than anybody or certainly more than anybody to kind of spread this idea. And, um, you know, he knew that the science did pan out and he still, you know, you know in a dishonest fashion, mm. um, covered that up and, and, and went ahead and, 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 and so, you know, Oprah was an Oprah and Oprah was, you know, talk about self-esteem and, you know, he was even invited to the Soviet union, which was still communist, you know, communist Soviet mm. union to talk about the, the wonders of self-esteem. So that, that's, that's how far it went. Um, and you, you know, it's just not true. And, and, and it was Roy Baumeister who, you know, brilliantly because he was in the self-esteem world, he just accepted it was true and published countless papers on, I mean, he, he, he thinks more papers than anybody else about self-esteem. It never oh. occurred to me that it might not be a true thing. And, and he wrote, he actually did a paper, a literature review where they actually tried to find the source of this idea that self-esteem was a social vaccine and he, and, they, and there wasn't a source for it. It was just, everybody was quote, was referencing everybody else. Yeah. And when they tested it, they, they found that it just wasn't true that, you know, that, that actually it didn't make you healthier and healthier, and more successful, all that stuff. Um, uh, it, it makes you kind of slightly happier in the moment. Um, but, but, but it does things like it, set, it, it makes you more, um, vulnerable to giving up because if you, if you have high self-esteem, you think you're amazing and fantastic. And if you try something new and you fail, which you're probably going to do because it's new, yeah. you go, ah, that's not right because I'm, I'm brilliant at this and you yeah. give up. Um, and it, it also, you know, more potentially can make you very, um, narcissistic. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a, a recent study of parenting styles in the, done by psychology at the university of Amsterdam, they got, they got a whole bunch of um, parents and they assessed how, th th how they raised their children and, 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 the, and the parents that they, that they said that they um, were guilty of what they called parental overpraise, you know, that you're uh. amazing and wonderful. You're special. They, they yeah. every six months, they, they, they tested their kids and every six months they, they became more narcissistic and more narcissistic and more narcissistic. So, 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 you know, that, that, that's what happens when you, when, you know, the, the, the other, one of the other ideas I talk about in selfies is this, is this sort of idea that of how do we know who we are? What is the self? And, and this is the idea of we are who we think 
other people think we are. Yeah. So, so who we are is reflected back at us in other people. And that's true all, all through our lives. If someone treats us as a loser, you know, if we go out into the street tomorrow and three people treat us as a loser, we're going to feel like a loser. That's, yeah. that's how we're going to feel that we are. Um, and we're going to go, what, <laughs> what, 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 what <laughs> have I done? Um, but but can, if you can imagine a child, you know, in the 80s and 90s, everybody around them is telling them they're wonderful and they're special and they're amazing. Yeah, their parents, their teachers. They're going to believe it, right? Yeah. Uh, and this, this is the, you know, the era of, of, of you get a certificate just for taking part. You get a rosette. You know, everybody gets a medal. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and so, so yeah, I, I think that's the, that's the, the, the issue that, 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 that you're speaking to is, is that the people aren't, that we raised a generation of children who, who, who just didn't think that failure was part of their life experience. And, and if mm -hmm. it was, something had gone terribly wrong and, then, yeah. and, it, and it corrected. And, and I, and I, you know, I think there's a lot of narcissism in the kind of woke stuff that's, go, that's going on. Uh, you know, I think, I yeah. think narcissism, there's, there's an element of narcissism that feeds into all that too. There's certainly yeah. not a lot of humility on display from, from a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes, and I, I don't, I don't know because, uh, and maybe, maybe when they talk about like the, you know, the, the participation trophy, like generation, maybe that's like, I get offended, even though it's kind of like the people like younger than me a little bit. Right. But yeah, especially with like the kind of woke ideology, that's always, you know, I see that a lot. Right. I see, you know, these, like this, this kind of entitlement, right? Like everybody around me needs to talk the way I want them to talk, say the things I want them to say, you know, and I'm just like, who the hell do you think you are? Like, yeah. what what yeah. world you know do you live in? And you know, to to what you're talking about with with uh, some of this stuff and how we taught our kids. Like, so my son, he's going to be 13 in a couple of weeks. I'm getting old, wow. but anyways, yeah. Um, something I learned a long time ago, and I think it was uh, from work like uh, Kill Dweck's work and stuff, like on mindset. Uh, like he just got into uh, National Junior Honor Society and stuff. But since he was a kid, I always. I don't, I don't say this is like some innate, like, oh, you're a little genius. Oh, you're a little amazing. It's like, you worked hard, so you got this, right? So I, I always try to focus on the effort rather than that. And, you know, he used to be like really like anxious about getting good grades and stuff. Like, like from like six, seven years old and grades literally don't matter. But I always mm -hmm. remind him like, hey, you, me and your mom we're, or anybody in your family, like we're never going to get upset as long as you worked and like did the work. Like if you slacked, that's where we'll have an issue. You know what I mean? But, but yeah, yeah that, that, that's, yeah, that, that, that's, that, that, that is, and from the research that I've read, that, 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 that is what they say is the correct approach. You, re, you reward mm. effort and that, yeah. that's the important thing. So, you know, speaking of effort and stuff like that, and this, this kind of ties in a little bit with, you know, uh, what, what you mentioned in the book, uh, the Paris Hilton effect, right? And so the Paris Hilton effect is we're like obsessed with like celebrities and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, since I started on YouTube and just doing some of my online stuff, I saw this idea that, you know, you, a lot of people think that you could just become like, uh, uh, you know, a celebrity overnight with minimal effort. But so this is kind of a two-part question and we might, might have to split this up a little bit, but one, why, why do people think that there's minimal effort that goes into this stuff and you can just be the next Paris Hilton or these Kardashians <laughs> where you're just like get famous for being famous, but also why are we obsessed with people of high status? You know what I mean? Like, why do we, yeah. we follow all that stuff? Yeah. So, 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 so I think people, there's that myth of overnight success, isn't there? That yeah. suddenly someone's everywhere and we think, oh, well, that was easy for them. And of course it's, 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 you know, it, it is never easy. You, know, you see at the moment with, um, in the YouTube influencer world, 
And, um, and yeah, I think there's a lot of resentment from people going, oh, all they're doing is making these silly videos about, you know, eating a KFC and whatnot. But you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, these, these people work so hard. I mean, you know, you could just tell that they are extremely ambitious, extremely hardworking people. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that become the Mikey Chen's or the, or the whoever's of, of the, of the world, you know, um, who, who end up make, making a lot of money. Um, as to why we become obsessed with them. So, 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 so that's, that's a really interesting question. And a lot of ways to do with status and our need for status. So, um, you know, we are very, very interested in, um, our own status, you know, where we sit relative to other people. And so, you know, one of the ramifications of that is, is that when we are, um, around, or when we witness a high status person who we relate to, and that's a really important caveat because most high status people we don't like, because we resent them, we're jealous of them because mm-hmm. they make us feel small. But there's a, there's a narrow class of people that, that that feel a bit like us that we look up to. So mm-hmm. so, so like the, the authors and the musicians that I look up to, I relate to because I feel that they're like me. Like my favorite author is John Fante, who grew mm-hmm. up in a you know in a Catholic household, struggling writer. Like you know he's a bit of me. My favorite yeah. musician is Mark Koslick, a grumpy, a grumpy you know childless white man. You know, yeah. it's like that. So I look up to these people and, and that's automatic. We look up to them because the brain's going, okay, well, this is a high, this is a person who's a bit like me and they're really high status. So how have they got that? And so we want, we want to be near them and understand them. We get a bit obsessed with them because the brain's trying to understand, well, how can I become high status too? And, mm-hmm. and so, so, but an, another way that the, so, so the brain's always interested in who are the high status people, because some of them are going to learn from. And, and so what, one of the ways that it learns who are the high status people is it sees who is everybody else paying attention to. Ooh. And so, so the, these instincts um, evolved when we were still living as members of very small forager groups, you know, hunter gatherer mm-hmm. groups. Uh, they, they weren't designed for global media. And, and so, so that's what they call the Paris Hilton effect, where some people start looking at someone like Paris Hilton, who has no discernible talent apart from being above average attractive. And then everybody else starts looking at her. And so they, so they put her in the paper and then everybody else, so more and more people start looking at her. Yeah. And then, so they put her in the paper again, she gets more and more famous. And it's this runaway effect and, it, and it's fueled by just the experience that everyone's looking at this person. So they must be interesting. So we mm-hmm. keep looking at them, keep looking at them. But again, you know, the big caveat is that the, the idea that Paris Hill doesn't do anything, I think is probably really not true. And, yeah. um, you know, e- e- even staying, uh, you know, when you, once you get past a certain age, being in that kind of celebrity body state that's that that's a full-time job in itself man you mm-hmm. get past 40 you know to, to yeah. carry on looking that good is that you know so, so they, they work really hard these people yeah yeah and you know since since we're talking about you know this kind of like uh celebrity uh, status and you know us kind of uh processing and being like what are they doing how do i act like that and you know and everything like was something i was thinking about and i i recognize this back you know, especially in 2019, when I had the inter- the whole, it felt like the whole of YouTube coming after me and attacking me, right? Is, is these parasocial relationships, right? And you see it all the time. Or look at someone like Taylor Swift, right? Or any celebrity where, where they'll just have these fans, right? They're so far disconnected from the celebrity. The celebrity who couldn't care less about them in most cases, doesn't, will never know who they are, but these people will defend them like, like you just slapped my mother in the face type of defense. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? Does this tie into status? Does it tie into any type of self-esteem thing? Is there any kind of like hope that will like get their attention and maybe they can raise our status? Like, I'm always wondering what, 
what encourages this kind of parasocial relationship with complete strangers? Well, I, I think it's because, as I said, they're a piece of me, they're a piece of us. And, and, and so, 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 so when people are attacking them, it feels like they're attacking us, mm. you, know, they, you know, like, so when I think of the people that I look up to, um, I feel that I feel that way about them. So, so Mark Kosler has been canceled. I like Ryan Adams. He's been canceled. I like Louis CK. He's been canceled. Yeah. And I feel like I, I like, um, you know, all, all of them for, for, for dodgy behavior around women, unfortunately, but, but, but there's always a, this kind of irrational urge I have to kind of defend them and go, no, 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 I can still listen mm. to their music and, and get, you know, you know, upset on their behalf. And, uh, because, um, because they feel like a piece of like I'm being attacked. Because yeah. you know, Ryan Adams, he's a bit like me, and Mark Kozlik, he's a bit like me, and so so I I, I think it's that, and I think you know when, when we do a kind of attach our our own sense of self to other people in that way, Ooh. we look up to them, we kind of hero worship them. It's it's because they're super successful versions of of us. In the yeah. same way that when we were experiencing a story, we we relate to a character in the story, we become defensive of that character, and we care if that yeah. character gets in trouble. I think it's the same thing. It's that it's that you know we we could we we can very powerfully you know relate to people and you know and it is irrational. I mean they're, they're, I mean some of the things that that that's, that these cancel people have been accused of, you know, often it is indefensible. But but you can feel yourself, you know, oh, I, you know I don't want people to say that about my my hero. Yeah. I say it can't be true. It can't be true. And it's you know it's um yeah yeah. So, so what happened? You mentioned something happened to you, Chris. Well, what, yeah, I didn't know yeah. About it. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah. If you even type my name into YouTube, I like the Rewired Soul. Like my, I'm not even the first person who pops up. There's videos with millions of views. Yeah, I, originally I was making addiction and mental health content when I was working at a rehab. I'm like, hey, I want to put this stuff online for free. But anyways, long story short, I figured out how to work the algorithms. I'm like, oh, take a trending story on pop culture and like YouTube celebrities. And then, so it's kind of like the bait and switch. I bring them in thinking I'm doing some kind of gossip video, but I'm actually <laughs> teaching you because I can relate to a lot of people. So there's some like relationship fight with some big YouTubers. I'm like, oh, look what they did. They came in, I'm like, hey, here's what happened. I can relate to this from my old toxic relationship. Here's what I learned. But anyways, uh, yeah, then they, people started getting defensive of their YouTubers and don't talk about them or don't talk about this. You know what I mean? Who are they? Who are the YouTubers? But I've heard of the probably uh, possibly uh, one of the main ones was a YouTuber called Trisha Paytas. She's recently, uh, I, I haven't heard much from her lately, but she, she got sort of canceled a few months ago. Um, but yeah, that was one of the main ones, but it's really interesting too, because a lot of people really enjoyed it. And a lot of people, yeah. they said, thank you. You encouraged me to go to therapy. You encouraged me to go to rehab, got to die, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, it's one of the reasons I, I really got into books. Like I started diving into, you know, uh, stuff on crowd psychology, tribalism, and just human irrationality. I wanted to understand like this question I just asked you, I'm like, why are you defending someone who doesn't even know you or care about you. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you too. Like, you know, aside from, you know, we see a piece of us in them. Cause I think that's where a lot of YouTubers got really big because it feels like this kind of one-on-one -on -one, or like you talked about like people eating just like the mukbang things, like people feel lonely and they'll watch it while they eat. I've heard people say that, but, but I'm wondering how much of it do you think is like this kind of, uh, this kind of tribalism, right? Like I'm part of 
this group, like Taylor Swift. I don't know why Taylor Swift keeps popping in my head. I don't even pay attention to her. Well, she, but, her fans are psychos. Yeah, 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 yeah she why. has like the Swifties, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so do you yeah, think yeah. do you think part of it is like this kind of tribalism? Because in the status game, you talk about that where like people try to raise their status of like in anti-vaxxer groups and and stuff. So do you think someone's like, I'm the most diehard of this fan and raise, and so it's part of this tribalism status game too? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's always sort of implicated in, in tribalism. I mean, in, and that's how that kind of celebrity thing works. Then we're about looking up to people who feel like a part of us. It's really a part of our tribe, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the tribe of me, and and they're they're one of the best. And 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 so yeah, I I, I think it certainly is that. And 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 there is an element of competition. So if a Swifty or whoever will yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll start attacking somebody on YouTube for you know for, for not being sufficiently respectful of Taylor Swift. Um, then there, there'll be the status game we'll have and where somebody else will come in and, and do the same. And there's, there'll be this ratcheting effect where everybody's trying to out, at, you know, to, to show their loyalty to Taylor. Um, yeah. You know, that I'm more loyal than the next person, more loyal than the next person. And, you know, yeah. it, it, it's a silly example, but a serious example would be, you know, the, kind of, the kinds of things that were happening in the Soviet Union mm. under Lenin and Stalin or, or you know, or, or you know, even Nazi Germany. I mean, this is a basic human behavior. Yeah. That, that, that kind of plays out in quite quite um um you know sort of unimportant ways on social media relatively speaking but very very serious ways when, when they get kind of replicated you know uh, uh, across a culture yeah yeah and i i only have a couple more minutes here time but i i just want to say like now that i think about it i think a really interesting one to watch and just monitor like i monitor it from afar is a jk rowling or well, every um, yeah. time she just puts out one tweet because you see these opposing sides, right? And then you like, and then there's also like the the free speech people. Then there's like the feminists who are defending her. So you're watching <laughs> these different tribes. You're watching them yeah. fight for status of who defends her the most or who attacks her. It's really interesting. And that's why like, I'm like, everybody needs to go read the status game. Because I, like I said, when we talked last time, I was like, I've been waiting for someone to write this book for so <laughs> long. But but yeah, the, la- the last thing I'll, I'll kind of ask you, because since you wrote uh, Selfie a little while back, has anything from that book, like has your mind changed or your ideas or opinions like kind of updated since you wrote that as, you know, time has gone on? Or do you see this kind of uh, some of the stuff you saw from that book still here today, a few years later? The only thing that is, you know, I'm less certain about the, you know, about the damage that social media is doing, you know, mm. because I, I still suspect it is doing damage. You know, I, let's say, I, you know, I, re, I have huge respect for Twenty in height and, and, and if they think there's something in it, then, I, then I, then I mean, you know, I, I, I'm loyal. It was well, loyal, but like, yeah. you know, I, I'm not ready. They're, they're serious individuals and mm. I really respect them. So, but, 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 but I'm kind of less sure because there's been such pushback. As I say, I, I think the, I, I think the, 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 where, where it's going to end up is, here's the subset of people to whom it can be really, really yeah. damaging. Yeah, and, it's, and, it'll, sure. and it'll be a partly a gender thing, but also partly a, um, partly a big five personality thing. I think is, I think if you're high in neuroticism, for example, you, you know, if you're very anxious and have low self-esteem, it can be quite a dangerous toxic yeah. place. Yeah. I think, I think you and I are on the same page there because you know, when I, when I, I'll write uh, some responses and stuff like that when I see it. Cause I just think it needs to be a little bit more nuanced because not everybody is just like, you know, suicidal after being on social media for five minutes. So I'm like, okay, let's calm down. Let's, let's try to figure out what it is, whether it's personality traits or, you know, background trauma, what, whatever, mental health issues, you know, yeah. but, but yeah, well, so, so yeah, selfie is obviously out status game, amazing book. So where, 
where can people find you and keep up to date for whenever you get on your next project and all that kind of good stuff? So Twitter, it's at WStore, S-T-O-R-R, and the, the status game is to be published in the States in July uh, in 2022. So, so that's coming out then. Yeah, I forgot that wasn't in the States. I had so many people saying I won, and so July. No, it's so frustrating for that. <laughs> the, 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 that's the publishing business. It works in funny ways. But yeah, yeah. But July next year. Beautiful. Well, I'm glad it's finally coming here so more people can read it. So, so yeah, Will, thanks again for coming back. And yeah, we'll, we'll probably be doing this again sometime. I hope we are. Thanks, Chris. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Will. I have a blast talking with him every time he comes on. He's such a good dude and he's, he's just so knowledgeable and curious and I absolutely love it. But, but yeah, uh, I'm curious, uh, all of your thoughts. And uh, that's one of the reasons I love chatting with you all on social media. I want to know your thoughts around, uh, social media, self-esteem and like, is it really ruining our mental health and all that kind of jazz? So yeah, if you have any feedback or comments, just tweet at me or, you know, whatever, but yeah, uh, make sure you head down the description, make sure you're following Will over on Twitter, grab a copy of selfie. Uh, if you're in the UK, get a copy of the status game. If you're in North America, stay tuned. Uh, status game is coming out here uh you know this summer and yeah if you want to check out the previous conversation i had with will about the status game it is such an amazing important book and when i found out will was writing it i remember being like man i'm so glad i think about this topic about how everything is about status i think about it all the time and somebody needs to write about it and boom will did it did a phenomenal job all right so yeah before i let you go make sure you uh, you're following me over on Instagram and Twitter at The Rewired Soul so you don't miss any upcoming episodes, projects I'm working on, uh, stuff like that. And like I said, I love chatting with all of you, getting book recommendations, all that fun stuff. All right. And a couple of quick ways you could uh, help support the podcast absolutely free. One, share this episode. If you think Will and I had an interesting conversation, if you think the people who follow you might be interested, share it out there. And the other thing you could do is leave a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts. Both of these things help not only spread the word to new people to get them part of this wonderful community, but the algorithms love it. But a couple other ways you can help support the podcast. Uh, one, become a Substack. Uh, why can't I talk? Become a Substack subscriber. It's $5 a month or $50 for a year. You get all of the regular episodes a day early, like this one. All right, that's linked down in the description below. Uh, you can head over to therewiredsoul.com. You can purchase one of the books that I've written on mental health, addiction recovery, all that kind of good stuff. And lastly, if you do struggle with mental health issues, uh, as some of you know, like mental health is a huge part of my life part of my addiction recovery, managing depression, anxiety, and just the craziness of life. Uh, you know, something I'm really passionate about. There's an affiliate link down below for better help online therapy. And I can't say enough good things about them. Um, they're affordable. It's online. So you can do it from the comfort of your home. Uh, I've even done sessions with my therapist from my car, like during lunch breaks at work and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, you work with a licensed therapist. It's awesome. So check out that affiliate link down below for better help online therapy, all right? But another huge, huge thanks to Will for taking the time to come back on to talk about Selfie. And yeah, 
for all of you. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and stay tuned because this weekend, I think on, yeah, on Sunday, I will have a brand new bonus episode for you. All right. So make sure you're following me on Instagram and Twitter so you don't miss it. Okay. So have a good one and I'll see you next time.